Welcome to the Carmed Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. One of the things that we often talk about is the fact that we are women in leadership positions, where we often talk about, like, it's a regular occurrence. I'm a woman. (laughs) One of the things that it does come up quite a lot, to be fair, in terms of our experiences with clients or speaking at conferences or being interviewed for other podcasts, there's there's often a conversation about the fact that we are women. And and in recent experience, I have been interviewed uh, for women in leadership events and things like that. And there were some questions that were asked of me, which prompted us to have a bit of a discussion about whether those same questions would be asked to a man. And one of the questions that I didn't get asked in the event was, um, how do you balance being confident with overconfident? Um, which <laughs> oh. we all enjoyed immensely. <laughs> uh, and I was kind of hoping they would ask. So I could say, would you ask that to a man? And they didn't. But what I wanted to use this episode to do really was to share some of our experiences of being women in, in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. We've covered we've covered topics similar to this in previous seasons, but not in in huge detail about our different perspectives and and our yeah. different backgrounds and how that contributes to how we show up and, mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. And I we often talk about our differences and, mm-hmm. and how that contributes to our relationship and how that really helps us all thrive in a way that's just so much better than if we weren't all together. So that's what I wanted to talk about on this episode was just to really dig into some of our experiences, some advice for people that might be wanting to progress as leaders um, and how we might be able to help them through our experience uh, and just talk about some of those differences, really. So I don't know whether anyone's got anything they desperately want to share. If not, I can just throw a question into the mix. I think, you know, the leadership question is really interesting because some of the people that I speak to, women that I speak to, don't often see themselves as leaders. And they don't see themselves as leaders is because their job title doesn't describe them as leaders. So when we have this conversation around what is leadership and what does it look like to you, mm. they struggle to answer that or articulate it because they're like, well, I'm not a leader. Yeah, I'm a manager. I'm an officer. Or I'm you know a lead. Or what, like not I don't lead anybody. That's you know they, they associate leadership with managing people, yeah. uh, and I often find myself trying to explain to them what leadership means. In, in in general, you know, what people say about it. And I don't know whether it's... And, but interestingly, when I speak to men about leadership, regardless of what their role is, they will be able to articulate quite clearly about how they see themselves as a leader. And it's really interesting. And there is, you know, there's all sorts of challenges out there and the reason why people may feel the way they feel. And society, you know, hasn't allowed women to thrive as much as they possibly could be because you know I think we forget that we've not it's only been 100 years Mm. if that that we're allowed to vote and not even then everybody was allowed to vote it was Mm -hmm. married women over a certain age and it was and that's just in the UK and that's just in the UK you know people weren't people of colour weren't allowed to vote in America I'm I'm not 100% certain what the case was here but I presume it's pretty similar Mm -hmm. if you're unmarried you weren't allowed to vote if you don't own if you didn't own your own home you know, you weren't allowed to vote. You know, those, you know, your, your husband had to, you know, all that. It's, it's so, like, if you read into history, it does enrage you a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> a tiny bit? <laughs> a lot. A lot. But people forget that as for women, we've not, you know, we've only had a century, if that, not even that, to 
get equal footing. Yeah. And people are still very uncomfortable with women being seen as equals. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a pecking order, right, when it comes to women in themselves. So you got, you know, and I say this, all three of us have been from very diverse backgrounds. You know, there's white women and then probably South Asian and East Asian women and then black women. I honestly do think that's a pecking order in in, in organisations and how they see women and the leadership that they bring. Yeah. As in, as in, white women are seen. I, I just, wait, just explain the pecking order. Oh, so in terms of in uh, opportunities and access, okay. and that's how I see it. So when I, they talk I about say gender thing. equality, which is fair, and you go, we've got a fifty-fifty, and it should always be fifty-fifty if you truly are thinking about gender equality. It will always be white women, right? Because you are. We've spoken about this in previous episodes about bias, and if you're mm-hmm. a white man who's appointing, and you know that gender equality, which is why we talk about gender equality a lot, because it's something that's a little bit more comfortable because it can associate at least through race or your skin colour with that yeah. person, so you give that person opportunity. And then if somebody is a little bit more considerate of you know, representation sometimes, then East Asian or South Asian women, I would say, would go into that a little bit. You know, yeah, we've got, you know, got representation. Da, da, da. And then I would say black women, from what I've seen and, and, and experienced and researched and studied, don't, you know, don't have that equal footing. So there is that pecking order mm-hmm. in, in how people are given access to opportunities. Uh, even within the the women leadership side of things. Yeah. I would say that's true. And, and I mean, I was just looking up an old quote that I knew about from uh, John Maxwell about leadership. What is leadership? You know, women don't think we're leaders sometimes. As women, we don't think we're leaders sometimes. But leadership is not about titles, positions or flowcharts. It's about one life influencing another. And I really like that quote. I know that leadership is wider than that, but I do believe, I talk about leadership a lot, but I also think that we're all leaders in some way. You know, if we're not, if you're not lead, leading in your organization, you're leading in your life. You've got house, family, whatever. So you're leading in something. So uh, as women not thinking of themselves as leaders, I think we're doing ourselves a disjustice. Yeah, but I think it's because the systems of al- course, yeah. don't allow us to, right? Yeah. You know, we're not, we're always seen as if you're, if you are, confident or have authority and speak your mind you're seen as bossy arrogant cocky you know the b word is used quite frequently when it when it comes to describing women who know their own mind or i can't say it because we're not uh, rated on you know we're pg on our podcast spell it because i was going to go for bossy but she's definitely not going for that she can write it for you later the the, the female dog (laughs) yes right it's often used right oh she's a right because mm-hmm. they, they, but when it's when it's and you know this is common and I'm sure people listening would have experienced it as well. But when it's a man who is taking the leadership and ownership, he's like, oh, he's passionate. He is, uh, you know, he 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 knows his purpose. He's confident and he's clear, directive. You know, you get those very positive yeah. words associated to that. And I've seen it in organisations when a senior director who is a woman, and if if she is stood stood up and she speaks with passion and authority and is clear and will have no nonsense in my opinion people are like oh my gosh she's right one her oh she's right you know that word or oh she needs to she needs to stop you know she needs to she needs to stop and see where she's come from you know it's a bit like that I'm like oh my god it's such a really and even as children you know as you're growing up you always get told don't be bossy yeah how many times do a, a man get told don't be bossy <laughs> think that it's changing slowly I think people are stepping up and challenging those stereotypes now but it's 
it's deep rooted in ourselves. So when women, when we ask women to say, what does leadership mean to you? They're almost uncomfortable in speaking up about what that means, because it means, am I being, am I being too cocky? And I've had that. People have said, oh, I think I might be a bit cocky. Oh, I can't possibly say that. People think that I'm showing off. Mm. And it's not, you know. We get the showing off. I mean, I've had the showing off quite a lot, which I know will be a surprise. <laughs> really? I know. You? But I know, never. Never. Um, and I remember quite early on in a in a role, somebody, well, not early on. So I remember being in a job for quite some time and, and aiming to progress in that role. And it was another woman that said to me, you will never, uh, you'll never progress here because of how you behaved when you first arrived. And how I behaved when I first arrived was quite confident. I knew what I needed to do. I was, you know, I was fairly direct, probably a bit too direct. I've definitely softened over the years, <laughs> as I've had to. What is too direct? Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I suppose being a bit of an arse. Really? But, but were you, though? On whose you, were you well, being that? Oh, God, here we go. Life coaching. <laughs> <laughs> this is comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose I am... I'm very aware that I can be quite direct and I can be quite cutting. And I think I've sort of been told in my life that in behaving in that way, that's not going to help me get where I need to get to. And you should see Advita's face. Well, you should see mine. (laughs) This is why I wish we did this on YouTube, because she's just looking at me like, would you like to share? I just, you know, I think whoever's given you that feedback has fallen into the what society believe a woman should behave like. Yes. yes. And I think I think for a lot of my career I have definitely had consistent feedback about the fact that I don't behave in a way that society expects me to behave as a woman. Mm. But I wonder and and you know I've I've heard this a lot and I've worked with women who have been quite strong in their leadership simply because they feel they have to be. Mm. And then I've also worked with women who are very quiet and subdued in their leadership and trying to, you know, hold back. Um, being direct doesn't mean that your behavior is wrong in 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 that scenario. So, I, so the question sometimes for me is, um, one, what does, what do you mean by you're too direct? And secondly, is why is that a problem if I'm efficient and successful, good at my job? Because I think for, I think in that situation, it was about the fact that I hadn't built relationships well enough, But maybe. if you were a guy, that wouldn't have happened. No, though. it wouldn't have happened. But then there's been, but then it's interesting because when I think about my career, it's as I have progressed through, you know, up, if you like, through and up organisations, that the the comments have have become worse as that time has gone on. I still remember up until about 2020, I didn't really feel that I'd experienced anything that was in any way challenging based on my gender. I didn't ever feel that. And I'd be interested to know from you two whether you, whether you have felt that based on the fact that I'm a white woman and therefore, in your words, the top of the... <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel like I've managed, with the exception of that sort of... I mean, there were a few things, but I, I didn't feel they were necessarily gender-specific. I'm just interested if there's anything for both of you in your career, whether you could whether you would say the same. Like, actually, it's actually as, as I've got higher up in the organisation or I've become more of a leader, that that's where the challenges have come. Mm. Or if, it's, if you felt it's always been there for you because we have got different lived experiences. I think for me, you know, because the lived experience for me is, yes, I'm a woman, but I'm also black. Mm. 
Um, and I think as a result of that, there are some places in the organization in terms of moving upwards that didn't feel accessible to me at all. I didn't have the opportunity to do that. I wasn't seen as as the person that they would promote, even if I was told many times, oh, yes, you know what you're talking about. You're really good at what you do, blah, 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 blah. So you got loads of compliments about how good you were, but you weren't good enough to mm. be put in those senior leadership positions. I think the more um, we look at, you know, the different angles involved in being a woman in work, it's it's so diverse. There are so many different issues being leveled at women in the workplace from, you know, yes, you don't have the authority to speak in this boardroom properly, to no, you can't get the same salary as the guy, uh, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And so you've got, you've got all of that. And I think for me, my experience is that I haven't had the chance to be up there apart from the fact that I've taken the chance myself by becoming a business owner. Mm. So by becoming a business owner now, I am in that leadership position and nobody really needs to can dictate to me how I operate in that in that sphere. So I haven't had funnily enough men or anybody for that matter making me feel lesser in this senior position this, now because I'm not doing it in the context of an organization. Interesting. Hmm. Peter? Well, you know, here well, we so go. Far, anyway. <laughs> Get comfortable, folks. Well, I think my life changed for me when I stopped seeking validation. And I realized that in order to be seen as a leader, I had to stop behaving like a victim. Mm. And that's what was happening with me. And I have to admit, and and fairly, right? And I was being treated differently, not only because I was a woman, but also because I was a woman of color. And I was the only woman of color in many situations. And I could recognize when I wasn't being given opportunities and I was waiting for validation from other people to say, right, you're ready. You're ready for the next step. And as soon as I changed my mindset and realized, you know what, I don't need to wait for validation and I'm not going to play the victim anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to allow anyone to make me feel lesser than what I am. My life changed. Yeah. And I think that's when I realized that I need to take responsibility for my future. I need to put myself in those positions and I, I'm not going to be ashamed or shamed into being who I am. And I am, you know, I may, I do speak my mind. I am direct with respect. And I think to Jenny's point, which is why I was looking at Jenny going, how dare anyone say that? Because I think, you you know, when people mistake directness with being bolshy and a bit, you know, a bit rude, you, I can never imagine from what I know of Jenny that you would ever, you know, unless obviously it's circumstance for everybody, but you would do it with respect. You know, with that, you're not going to like point your finger at somebody and scream at them because you're just not that kind of character. And I think when you are direct and stern, you yeah. know, in the tone, because you need something doing or whatever, people will be like, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. But and to your point about building relationships, that's different, right? And yeah, that's feedback. Like you need to build better relationships with them. Fine, take that on board. But people telling you when you're ready yeah. for leadership and the reason they may think you're ready, is, and I know this, is because their bias of when you they think you're ready. Mm. And this is when I spoke earlier in the podcast, is about the pecking order. So I don't want, you know, I've had, I've had people say to me, 
in confidence, you know, and and I always say to people, it's a no judgment zone, and I'm yeah. I'm definitely not kind of I understand this different situation because I'm definitely not judging, but it may sound like I'm judging, but I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> but people, you know, I've had white women say to me that they have purposely excluded certain people from conversations because they certain people of conversations in terms of people, women of colour from conversations because they fear that that person is going to be given more opportunities because the focus is right now on representation. Right. Wow. And they have worked hard to get to where they are. And the worry is, is that if they do bring those other women into that chat, then they'll be ignored and they will be bypassed. Mm-hmm. And that takes bravery for someone to say that to me as yeah. a woman of colour. And that's why I say it's a no judgment zone. And it's about unpicking why they feel that way. And it often is their own insecurities. But there are many women who may not admit that. And I do sometimes think in women in leadership, we're pitted against each other yeah. a lot of yeah. the times. A lot of the time. And the reason we're pitted against each other, because there's only ever that one spot in that leadership team or two spots. You know, when you're like, oh, there's two spots there. Who's going to get them? Rather than it being fair and people not pitted against each other. And I've been in been in organizations when people know there's only two leadership positions available at board because people have moved on and they will fight amongst each other the women yep and and poor behaviors will come out and I do think people encourage that mm. and that's what that's what I feel uncomfortable about. and I think if more women actually supported each other and in, and gained you know inspiration from each other and helped each other climb that slippery slope to the wherever we're going it will be so much more powerful, but we're just not quite there yet because mm. there's still a part of us that always have to fight to be seen. Each other. Each other. But we're also very, very critical of each other. So for that, you know, in the situation that you were talking about, it was a woman being critical of your behaviour, so your behaviour was too direct. And when I when I think about it, how many, to, to your point about supportive, what would happen if we all started to support each other a lot more? I think that a lot of the things that we struggle with, like we're not getting the same salary, would be something that we'd overcome. Mm. I think our presence in boardrooms would probably be much, much more prevalent if we were not fighting with each other, if we weren't going to fight for that role, but if we were going to make a big deal about the fact that more of us need to be up on that table. Mm. Well, not on top of it. (laughs) Are we dancing on it? (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of... The, the more I think about it is the more that we've kind of created a rod for our own back. We've kind of not been helping each other, helping ourselves to to progress in this. So we will not, not that we will never, but our progress will be slower. You know, and I think about that even with eth- ethnicities. So ethnicities have their own problems amongst each other. But as women, if we were supportive, more supportive, then we would get further. Do you think that's that's linked to that fear of, of a of another woman taking our spot kind of thing because if i think i we often say as well i feel like i've said about three times in this podcast we often talk about <laughs> but we often talk about how lucky we are to have each other mm. and the three of us and how we are so encouraging and supportive of each other now there are th- there are sometimes moments where i do get a bit envious and jealous of situations that either of you two might be in because I want to be <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe she's got to do this and I want to do this and I, and I would never voice that to you because it's not it's that's my issue right mm. that's just about me want you know so thrilled for for both of you but also going oh I also would like to be doing that too <laughs> um and and I and I and I know that but I'm thinking about other things where I've I've reached out to other professional women 
to try and build my network in other places. And I've reached out to two women on LinkedIn to say, I'd really like to, you know, basically ask them on a date. I was like, I'd really like to buy you coffee, buy you lunch, because I really want to talk about how I might be able to to get a bit more involved. And just walls of silence. Mm. And I and I find that really alien because I'm I'm not used to messaging people and, and no response. And being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind yeah. of saying, look, I need I think to they help. see you as a threat then. And there was just nothing. And I was like, oh, this is a bit, this is Well, there's also, sad. there is there are also some people who think, well, I made it on my own. Yeah. So why I'm should not I going to give anybody else when, a leg up. When yeah. Priya and I set up A Leader Like Me, which is about helping underrepresented women, you know, progress in their careers. I remember emailing and messaging a load of inspirational, who I believed were inspirational women from what I'd seen on LinkedIn mm. and asking them to support the program and if they could recommend somebody in their network who yeah. may be interested in the program. And some of the feedback and the conversations and the messages I received back shocked me. Wow. You know, I had women who said, I don't appreciate this program. Like, I think what you're doing is unfair or not right, which is weird. Wow. I had somebody say that I got here on my own. I didn't have any help you know, when people need to kind of understand that. And it really threw me. And I remember sharing this with Priya at the time. And Priya's like, gosh, there's some people out there who just don't get it. And this is from women who are underrepresented, right? And I'm thinking, fair, I credit you for getting there on your own. Like, I'm not saying that what you have done is not great work. But I also think from my experience of a leader like me and some of the women that we work with, is that there's also shame Mm. in asking for help. It's also it's a shame to say that I actually had a coach or I had a mentor. I was part of this program and this is why I am where I am. Yeah. And I've spoken quite vulnerably to some of the women in the program about this. And they have said like, oh, it's, other people don't seem to be getting this kind of support and I don't want to be seen as somebody that needs help. And it's and the catch-22 though, is Yeah, it? but I don't, and in a way I don't blame them because I think the way again, society is, is that you you almost have to do it on your own to show that you are resilient and you can make it and you've got the credibility yeah. and all that stuff. And people don't talk, talk. How many women do we know in the world of comms and PR who portray this incredible life and they've got everything, you know, aligned and everything's looking great. And we know that they've actually got help or they've got support or there's stuff going on in their life that they just don't share. Not that they have to, but we have to be mindful that, you know, we sometimes portray an image of perfection. Yeah. And we expect other people to kind of praise us on that perfection. And I think if we're a little bit more real with each other mm. about some of the challenges that we do face as women in various industries, particularly PR, because it is quite a female dominated industry, imagine the power we can have together. Yeah. But we I, think that, sorry, no, we, we think that we have to be super, super powered. We need, we need to be strong mm. all the time. And we always feel as if to say, we have to come across that way. Now, in recent times, I've been hearing of some groups, some women leadership groups where they have been supporting each other and it's been helping with their success. And everybody who has signed up to groups like yours, and Vita, <laughs> um, have seen massive success in their careers. They don't necessarily have to shout about the fact that they they got help, but the reality is by coming together, that has helped them to develop as a leader, as a woman, as a woman of color or otherwise, you know, it's, it, these types of groups always help people. And I think the recognition that we can't do things on our own needs to be even more prevalent. We need to be more committed to saying, do you know, what? We, we, we don't work on our own. We need to actually have each other to develop ourselves. I mean, we're fortunate we have each other here, but how many people don't, obviously, mm. but how many people who do reach out for it 
succeed in life over those who don't. Mm. I, I think there's also there's also a bit of a balance, I think, for me. So there's some elements of the women-only stuff that makes me a bit uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, um, and that's my own thing. But I do feel that sometimes by putting ourselves in a, in a women box, then we are taking ourselves, we're putting ourselves in that box. And I think that by over-labeling it, we, we pull ourselves away from the opportunities. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm, I, I haven't, and, and, and I don't know whether I will in the future, you never know, but I haven't joined any sort of network that's a, a, a female-only networking or female-only members club or any of that because I'm not sure what benefit that's going to bring me, but that's probably because I've got you two and I've got a good network of, of other things around me. But I don't, I suppose I also don't want to be overly seen as a female business communication strategist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am a business, business communication, communication strategist. strategist. Yeah. The fact that I'm a woman is yeah. neither here nor there. Like yeah. It, yeah. it brings different perspectives, but it's not, it's not, um, like the main characteristic that I want to to draw on, I suppose. And I would feel the same because when I look at it, because exactly what you said is how I feel as a black woman. I don't want and I don't want anybody to say I'm a oh a black entrepreneur or a black coach. Yeah. I want somebody to say I'm an executive coach. Yeah. And she's really good at what she does. I would like to work with her. That's that's the type of thing that I want yeah. to hear for all of us, really. It's not singling it out based on who or what you are irrespective of my colour or gender, I'm a coach or I'm a, you know, or I'm a businesswoman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree to an extent. I think sometimes we do have to share our identities to help inspire others. Yeah. And I think totally. if we lived yeah. in a very equal, equitable world, then we wouldn't have to talk about the fact that we're female or we're black or we're Asian. Totally. I think sometimes we have to make a point that despite the adversities that we face, despite some of the challenges that we face, I have made it. Yeah. And I have made it with yeah. support and I've made it with guidance. And yeah. I'm not ashamed about being a woman. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of being a black woman or an Asian woman. Yep. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to hide that identity to be seen as equals. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. And that's why whenever someone comes to me, like on this occasion, and they said, would you come and speak on our podcast webinar about women in leadership yeah. to help future leaders of this organization? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm I very happy to come well. and do that. And I know all of us feel the same yeah. because it's really important to me that younger women, other women, my nieces, people in my life feel inspired and yeah. empowered by watching somebody going, okay, I could do the same yeah. thing. I want to, um, I don't want to do necessarily tips because it does not that sort of thing, but I want to, I want to ask you the question that was the last question I was asked when I did the recent interview. And the question I was asked was, what advice has shaped who you are today? And it was a really great question because I had to be very honest in that interview because it was really the negative comments for me that have shaped who I am today. And it is the negative comments like the you won't progress here type thing. But in amongst that, there are a couple of others that I have heard. One was um, don't run before you can walk, which was a CEO, male CEO who said that to me. I had another female boss say you can be a vortex in a room. Uh, and I've had several men in quick succession <laughs> say to me, I'm sure normally you're a good person, but on this occasion, da -da -da -da. Um, that was that was great. Um, and it was those conversations and those situations that have made me sort of double down mm. on my development or 
my tenacity to to thrive and to grow my business and to to really stand for what I believe in. Uh, and I am quite passionate about women in leadership and making sure that 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 we have a voice and that other generations have that. So my question is, what advice has shaped who you are today, if you're happy yeah. to share that? For me, it's uh, stop being a people pleaser. And I remember uh, it was HR director that said this to me and said, you need to stop people pleasing because you people pleasing is not helping your development. Um, and that really struck me because I didn't think I was people pleasing. I thought I was being helpful. <laughs> um, fine line. It's fine line. But I realised what she meant. And at the time I was a bit taken aback because I was like, oh, am I people pleasing? Because I know what, and both of you saw me and met me eight years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago, actually it was, where I was a very different person. You know, I was quiet, believe it or not. You didn't say a word. No, I you were very quiet. quiet. I was, so quiet. You know, I, I kept my head down. I did what was asked of me. I always wanted to show my worth, so I always worked really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, always. I, I would say worked harder than anybody else. I always yeah. kind of put myself out there because I always wanted to prove my worth that yeah. I was valuable, and I, that kind of portrayed in my working life. But when I said before about validation, I realised that I was always waiting for permission to people from other people to say that you're good enough and when the HID said to me you need to stop people pleasing like you need to look at where you want to go and what you need to do and and it and it really helped it didn't hit a chord in that moment but as I was going through my career and started to pay more attention I was like hmm maybe she's right like I am a bit of a people pleaser and that's where I use that quote you know don't be everyone's cup of tea otherwise you'll be a mug yeah and I, the bull on a pin badge yeah, and it's on, a, it's on, a pin badge on the shop. Um, but that's why you do it. I, I I did it for myself. You know, I was like, I I need to stop being a chronic. I call myself a recovering people pleaser uh, because I am, and I, not that I don't want to help people. People know I will help. You know, to your point, yeah. Jenny. Somebody messaged me on LinkedIn and said, "Can you spare five minutes?" Which they off like I get it. As you both of you know, I get it quite frequently based on what I do. So I will always try and give them time. And if I can't give them time personally, I'll redirect them. Mm. to somebody who may be able to help or a community that can help. And that's very important to me. Mm. Like I, and when I said to you both about identity and being proud of who I am, I'm extremely proud of who I am. And in the car journey to the studio today, I said to Jenny that I hid a lot of my heritage and even being a woman to an extent, you know, I didn't want anyone to acknowledge. I never joined any of those groups, but I've, in the last five years, I have become proud yeah. of what I've achieved and what I've done. And I've done that through the support of the community and through friends and through my coach. And I acknowledge that and I want other people to remember that you don't have to be on your own mm. and you can get out there and you need to stop this. You know, if I do this for this person, then maybe they'll like me more because mm. we've got this likability thing, haven't we, we as do. women? Yeah. I think we want to be liked. Yeah, we want to be yeah. liked. That's special. Trudy, what about you? What's the advice that's shaped who you are? I think I think it's a very early piece of advice and I wouldn't even say think it was advice. It was just something that was told to me um, uh, from my mother, actually, who just grew me up with the belief that I could do and go anywhere. And um, as a result of that, I've, I've, never, I've never put limitations on what I can get involved in. Um, I've never seen myself as behind or mm -hmm. I'm not appropriate for that or, or I... I won't put myself forward. So she also always used to say to me, whenever I'd sound as if to say I was pushing myself backwards, she'd say, no, you can go wherever you want to go. The worst thing they can say is no, you know, mm -hmm. ask yeah. the question. And she would literally continually 
reaffirm those things in me to the point where I think that shaped how I am today. So I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, walk around thinking, oh, I can't go into this room. I can't speak into this meeting. I can't open my mouth. I don't have a voice. I don't ever feel that way. And I think it's because of that. Because there's, you know, a lot of the times we, we aren't told that. Um, if I were to follow some of the things teachers told me, I'd probably be a lot less um, forward or bold and so on. Successful. Because, yeah, I, I wouldn't because I was told, well, you can't do that and you can't do this. And, you know, as, you, as you're growing up, you're pushed in a certain direction very subtly, you know, and then you, then you realize to yourself, hang on a minute, I don't have to follow that route. I can go the route that I want to go in or the route that I think is right for me. Mm. And I think that's really been important for me to, 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 to always remember that my mom said, do you know what? You can go for it if you want it, you know. I love that. I, I also was thinking as you were talking about how we are so often nudged and even in this episode where I was saying, I was thought I was too direct and you both immediately went into coaching mode. <laughs> you go, why do you think that? Let's talk about this. And, I, and I'm so grateful for that because actually it's so easy to believe what other people are telling you. Mm, you know, yeah. if I, the whole, you know, I'm sure ordinarily you're a good person. I had that twice in, I think what was probably kind of a month, sure. it was about two weeks to a month, wasn't it? One was said over the phone and one was written in an email after I'd tried to hold people accountable, uh, accountable and people didn't like that and uh, said, you know, ordinarily you're a really good person, but on this occasion you've got this wrong. And I did spiral quite a lot mm -hmm. in that time and you were both with me because you start to second guess yourself and maybe I shouldn't be doing this, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And I genuinely only probably survived some of that <laughs> because I had people I could I could talk to about that experience who who made me realize that it what that wasn't okay. And I think that that's really important as a woman mm. that there are so often things said to you that you just accept mm. and go, oh, okay, yeah, I must have got that wrong. Or, oh, yeah, okay, mm. I must do that. No matter how confident you are or or whether, you know, you're white, South Asian or black, I think that's common in yeah, all of us, is. that we just yeah. accept what people tell us is kind of fact. Mm. And we, because it's often a man and it's often said with such confidence mm. <laughs> that it does, it does sort of stay with you. And I think there is not a piece of advice, but I think there is that need to have people around you that you can check in with and say, look, this just happened. Is this, you know, what, what do you think? Mm. And they might, you might have come back and said, well, yeah, you know, ordinarily you are a nice person. But <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, that's fair. Because it comes back to some points we've talked about on other episodes of this podcast about the people that we listen to yeah. and where we, where we get value from in some yeah. of those relationships. And that's really important. But I think it's, it's been really helpful for me to have this conversation today because I really wanted to talk about that the different experiences that we all have. Yeah. Because it's easy to just say, oh, there's three women with a podcast and, you know, but there's a lot more to all of our experiences. Yeah, than absolutely. I mean, we didn't just arrive here. And, and I think when I think about both of you, even, you know, I know that you've been labelled as direct, but... <laughs> That's it. I'm now. very yeah. comfortable with but, it now. I mean, but, six years ago, less so, but now I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> no, but you know, if I were to describe you uh, when I met you earlier, I mean, I've known you for what ten, ten plus years. So, yeah. Um, it, you still weren't as confident as you are today. I mean, I'm seeing things about you today that you've definitely grown into. Yeah. And it's the same with Advita. So for me, I can see where, despite what people have said. Yeah. You've pushed through. And I think this is what's important for everybody listening to this podcast. You know, it's, it's despite what people say to you that's negative, 
you can push through on that. And you have to almost reframe what's been told to you based on who you are and where you're going. Yeah. You know, we can't sit there and it's so easy to kind of sit there and just allow ourselves to wallow in, yeah. in this self-pity yeah, yeah, because yeah. this person... And, you know, I can say this because I used to be like that. You know, it's just really... <laughs> I'm saying it because I've done it. I've and done it's horrible. It. I've done it. And Don't it, do it. It goes, it goes it. back to our friend Brené again. Oh, I, I was just Brené. about to go. You going in, are you going <laughs> to We're going to go in there again. And, you go know, she, she talks specifically around, if you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked at the same yeah. time as me, then I'm not interested not in what you have to say. Exactly. Yeah. And I think when we... I always call it the post-it test. Like, if the name is not on that post-it, does it really matter what they think of you? Because people have an opinion about everything, about everybody. And you need to be very cautious about what you're listening to. It's, yeah. You've got to be aware of self-development, get that, you know, when, but from trusted people. Yeah. And if that person is just saying it for no reason whatsoever because they are uncomfortable in your company, then I'm sorry, that's their problem. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. And I think there is the point that you made almost at the start of this, which is people have got an opinion about how women should behave in society. Yeah. So people are going to have more of an opinion about how we behave and what we do yeah. because it doesn't, we don't conform nope. to what no. people might think. And that's great. I thought you were going to go with the Brene quote of don't listen to the people in the cheeks. Exactly. That's what I was <laughs> I was debating. I was debating. I was debating. Should I do this one? Which one? Which one? one? I went for the arena because I think we, 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 and I'm generalizing here a lot, but women listen a lot to other people's opinion of them and it yeah. can knock your confidence. Yeah. And I think you have to be very cautious about why, and I'm talking about men and women and other people who may comment, is be very cautious about why they're saying what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And if they've not been in the arena, getting their ass kicked at the same time as you, then dismiss it. You know, just, you can't be everyone's cup of tea the way should be yeah. a mug. <laughs> I was going to say, I was just going to go with, and just shush. Yeah, and <laughs> push that. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit calmedgedrebels.com. We'd love to continue this conversation, so please connect, ask questions and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under Calm Edged Rebels. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and review us.